You are listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Uh, we are in our final week of our series, Hashtag Goals, and we've been, for the past four weeks, we've been identifying things that should become goals in our life. And so we looked at, uh, the first goal was to be Christ-centered. Uh, the second goal was to be mission-driven. Last week, we talked about the idea that we should keep growing, and today is perhaps my favorite one of them all. If you got your Bibles, I want to uh, start with Proverbs chapter 1, Proverbs chapter 1, verse 5 through 7. If you got your Bibles, turn there. If you don't have it, don't worry. We got your back. It'll be up on these screens. And it says this. Let the wise listen and add to the learning, and let the discerning get guidance for understanding proverbs and parables, the sayings and riddles of the wise. So let me start with saying this is uh, the, the wisest man to have ever walked the earth, Solomon. He's writing this down. He's about to uh, embark on a journey of what wisdom and knowledge is. And so with that, uh, he, he's setting us up. He, he's saying like, hey, there's, there's something to be said for having wisdom. And once he sets everything up, the first thing that he says, the first bit of knowledge, the first bit of wisdom that he wants his readers to, to hear and to understand is this in verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. I got one more verse for you today. Uh, it's Genesis chapter 3, verse 5 through 6. And here's what it says. For God knows, this is a conversation between Eve and the serpent in, in the garden. For God knows that when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse 6. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food, and pleasing for the eyes, and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some fruit to her husband, who was with her, and he ate it. This morning, I want to talk to you from our fourth and final goal, fearing God. Fearing God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. God, we thank you for today. We thank you for uh, what you already have been doing in our hearts since, since coming here and with the worship. God, I pray that uh, the next couple moments together, God, that you would uh, help us to lean in. God, that you would just prepare our hearts. God, we understand that, uh, that, that Jesus said that uh, the, the ground or the seed is as good as the soil. And so, God, we, we want our hearts to be right so that the word that falls would produce a harvest so that we can leave here better we can leave here changed, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. We love you so much. In Jesus' name. Come on, everyone said, amen. amen, amen. So I like cooking. Do we have any chefs in here? Like people just like, yeah, like I love it. Some of you are like, I think I do. Like uh, I, I love cooking. Um, and, and so just I love like trying new recipes and everything. And so uh, about a year ago when my little girl was about five, uh, she would see me in the kitchen and she would say, Daddy, can I help? Can I help cook with you? And I, I'm kind of the person like, you're going to slow me down. I don't really want you to. 
But I don't tell her that, right? Because I'm a good dad. And so I'm like, yeah, yeah, like come and help. And so she'll like crack the eggs and egg gets everywhere. She, she measures like the, the, the dry ingredients. She puts it in the bowl. She'll do the stirring. And so this one time we were actually doing fried chicken because there's no other type of chicken but fried chicken. <laughs> come on, Sonoma County. I know. Y'all are like, no, it needs to be free range chicken grilled. If it ain't fried, it ain't chicken. And so, well, that'll preach right there. So, so, so like we were making fried chicken, right? So she, she had got the, the, the flour together, the seasoning. She put all the seasoning in there. We had uh, the eggs in our, our wash. And then uh, we had our package of, of, of chicken. And I had to open the package. So I went to, uh, to, our, to our drawer. I pulled out a knife, okay? And so, like, if she is right here, I came right here, uh, and I pulled out, and I turned around like this with the knife, honest to God, too. She's like, ah! You have a knife, Daddy! I swear. Like, she was freaking out that I had, like, this knife in my hand. She said, Daddy, put the knife down. It's going to cut you. <laughs> like, because I'm the best dad, I'm like, what, this knife? I didn't do that. <laughs> but I was thinking it. And, uh, and so, 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 so here she is. She, she, like, she is like, Daddy, put it down. Daddy, it's going to cut you. Daddy. And it was as if she thought that like, this knife was just going to be like, like an attacker. Or so, like there was just like this terror, this, 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 this just anxiousness that she got when she saw this knife. And I was thinking about that. I was thinking about how her fear towards this knife that, that clearly like you can pick up a knife and it doesn't cut you. It doesn't hurt, hurt you unless you use it the wrong way. I, I was thinking about how her unhealthy perspective on the knife, the fear that she had towards the knife got me thinking, I wonder if there are a lot of people, a lot of Christians, maybe even a lot of people who aren't Christians, that when they think of God and they think of this idea of fearing God, that they have this idea that my little girl had with this knife. This idea of like, oh God. So, this morning, what I want us to do, because I believe that this, this idea of you and I daily walking in the fear of the Lord is beneficial, is critical, is crucial to you and to me. But what I've also realized is that if we don't have a clear perspective on what the fear of the Lord is, our, our perspective becomes mirrored to the way that we see God. And so all of a sudden, uh, if, 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 if when I think of the fear of God and I have the wrong perspective and the wrong understanding, pretty soon my expectations of God changes as well. See, for some of us, when we think of the fear of God, like we think of when, when, we, when we read, because the fear of God is all throughout scripture, right? We see, we read the fear of God and we're like, ah. Like we, for some of us, we think of like bully fear, Right? Like God is up there in heaven like, I can't wait till we, and so we got, we're walking around like, God, I hope he doesn't see me today. 
Like, like some of us, we, we, when we read fear, like we think that's the fear that we're supposed to have towards God. For, for others, it's this idea of like repercussion, like, okay, I, I have to make sure that, that, I, that I pray for each one of my beads, that, that I do this and that I don't do that, because we think God's in heaven sitting on his throne with the buzzard. You got one shot. Don't mess it up. And we think that he's going to be like, and like we fall, like, ah. Like we, and, and so like we, we think of this, when we read this, this term of fearing God, it, it takes us to this weird place. And then all of a sudden, if you're like me, when, when I view the fear of God that way, I begin to look at God differently. I begin to look at him in an unhealthy way. I begin to think of him less of loving and caring and more of like a terror-driven person. And I want to propose to you this morning that, that this fear that you and I that we're to have is beneficial to our lives. And in fact, it has not so much to do with terror, but something else. And so, so here it is, we, we're, we're with Solomon, he, he writes, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. So my expectations of God becomes tainted when I think of the fear of God as just being this, I'm waiting. I'm waiting for you to mess up. But here's what's interesting. In 1 John chapter 4 and verse 18, John, the beloved, he writes this. He says, perfect love drives out fear. In fact, he writes in John chapter, 1 John chapter 4 and verse 8, he says that God is love. So stick with me. So all of a sudden, if God is love and perfect love drives out all fear, then clearly I need a new interpretation of what the fear of God is. Because if God is truly love, fear, the way that I think of fear, can't be, can't, can't be uh, framed with, with my perspective. And so what, what is Solomon saying when he writes the fear of the Lord? I think it's two things. This is for you note takers. The first one is this. The fear of the Lord is reverence. And so reverence, it's this, it's this idea of deep Honor and respect that I have for someone. In fact, this, this, this idea, uh, idea of reverence, it was typically reserved for, for, um, for, for royalty. And so, so it's this idea that, that, I, that, that, that I have such a deep respect and honor for God that I'm willing to place him above all else. So, so this idea of reverence is me taking God from a common person to all of a sudden being the head of everything that I am. And when I place him above everything else, 
Like, there's just, there's just honor and respect that I have for him. And this honor and respect that I have for God, it moves me to the second fill in the blank. It moves me to obedience. So when I honor and when I respect God, the the natural inclination of my heart is to now all of a sudden be like, God, I just want to obey you. And it changes because my obedience, me yearning and longing to be obedient to God, it doesn't stem from the fact that I'm obedient, God, because I'm afraid you're going to be like, strike me down. But rather, when when I have respect and I honor him, my obedience stems from the fact I love you so much. I honor you so much. I don't want to break your heart. And so now all of a sudden, this fear of the Lord, like it has nothing to do with me like, ah, but it has everything for me. It has everything to do with me saying like, God, I just, I just respect you and I honor you and I place you at such a high level of my life that, that I'm now subject, subjecting myself to what you want. I'm now obedient. And when we begin to see the fear of the Lord that way, then it makes more sense why daily I remind myself, daily I pray, God, teach me to fear you. God, teach me to hold you to a high respect. Teach me to honor you. Teach me to be obedient to you. And it's interesting because Solomon writes that when we can learn to fear the Lord, there's a byproduct to that, and it's knowledge. So when I could learn to to fear God, when I could learn to just have this respect and honor and obedience towards God, then then, uh, knowledge is a byproduct of that. But I have to believe that this knowledge that Solomon is referring to, that it's different than, than, than knowledge that, that, that we come to think of. In fact, in the, in the book of James, chapter 3, James, this is what most theologians believe, Jesus' stepbrother. James writes in James chapter 3, he says, there's two types of knowledge. There's, there's earthly knowledge or earthly wisdom. And then he said that there's wisdom that comes from heaven. And so I think because there's so many people that you probably know that I know that live in, in this world who, who are super knowledgeable, super wise, but they don't fear God. So, so clearly, that there, clearly there's, there's two types of knowledge in which Solomon is referring to here. And uh, for me, like I, I love knowledge. Knowledge is amazing. But, but I have to have knowledge. I, I don't just want knowledge, right? Like, I don't, I don't just want knowledge. I, I want knowledge without clarity, knowledge without me filtering it through clarity brings chaos. I'm, I'm, I'm going to get somewhere, I promise. Knowledge without clarity brings chaos. Chaos brings confusion. Confusion brings fear. Stay with me, okay? 
So, so knowledge, when, when, I, when I am pursuing knowledge, I don't just want knowledge. I need clarity for that knowledge. Because if I don't have clarity on how to filter that knowledge, fear becomes, uh, fear, fear, fear pops up. Watch, I'll prove it to you. So uh, there has never been a time in all of humanity, right? From the very existence until now, there has never been a time where you and I have access to more knowledge. Was that true? Like anything that I want to know, anything my little heart desires, like I'm, Googling it, trying to figure out like what. And so like we have so much knowledge at our fingertips. So never, there's never been a time in human history where we've had more knowledge. Isn't it interesting that with all the knowledge we have, that there has never been a time in history where humanity has had more fear prevalent in their lives? There's never been a time where fear, anxiousness, anxiety has become more prevalent in our culture. And so I wonder if that is the byproduct of us pursuing knowledge but not having clarity to filter this knowledge. See, because now all of a sudden I have all this knowledge at my fingertips, but I have no clarity to filter it. So I find myself afraid of everything. Oh my gosh, the corona. <gasps> it's a real deal. I'm not saying it's not a real deal. But now all of a sudden I'm fearing something. It's a Napa now. <gasps> the flu. There's a bird flu now. <gasps> and all of a sudden, all this knowledge that we have when we don't have anything to process and to, and to filter it through, all of a sudden, it brings this sense of fear in my life. Now, I know some of you might be saying, well, John, knowledge is power, and I agree with that. I believe it's great. I believe that the fact that we have access to learn about these things is amazing. But what I'm saying to you, if we're not careful, we will allow this knowledge to bring fear in our life. And there needs to be some way that we change and that we, we filter it so that we're not, we, we can have knowledge, we can gain knowledge, but, but we don't have to gain it through the sense of fear. In fact, this is what we see in our story of Adam and Eve or even the tree. Eve, she's in the garden. Uh, she's getting her tan going. She's just enjoying it, right? Like she's enjoying life in the garden, and all of a sudden, uh, the scripture says that a serpent came and was like talking to Eve. And, and, and Eve was, uh, she was, she was standing there and, and the serpent was like, Eve, uh, why don't you eat that fruit? Now, let me back up a little bit. God, when he placed Adam and Eve in the garden, he said, Adam and Eve, you can eat from any tree in this garden except for this one tree. Okay, so fast forward, the serpent's like, hey, why don't you, Eve, why don't you eat that fruit from that one tree? Doesn't it look good? Doesn't it look amazing? In fact, the, the verse that we read in Genesis 3 verse 6, 
Eve was enticed by the fruit. The text says that Eve, she saw the fruit, and Eve came to three conclusions about the fruit. She concluded that the fruit was probably very delicious. She concluded that the fruit was very delightful to her eyes. And she concluded that if she was able to eat this fruit, that she would become wise like God. See, the serpent said, Eve, if you eat this fruit, your eyes would be open. You will be able to have knowledge like God, wisdom like God. And she looked at the fruit. And can I say this morning, I think Eve biting into that fruit had less to do with her curiosity of the flavor profile of the fruit. But more so with this idea like, I can be wise like God. I, I can have all this knowledge. And for those of you that don't know this story, Eve, she, she was like, awesome. She ate the fruit. She gave it to Adam. They ate the fruit. And all of a sudden, this is amazing. As soon as they ate the fruit, you read the text in chapter 3. They, it was as if they're like, I'm naked. Like, it's, that's like the first thing that the text says. Like They bit the fruit and they realized they were naked. See, I think this is important because in the chapter 2, the chapter right before this one, the very last verse, it says that Adam and Eve were naked and unashamed. My favorite verse in the whole Bible. I got it on my fridge, y'all. <laughs> my wife's like, put on clothes. I'm like, I am naked. and TMI, John, stop, focus. <laughs> I'm sorry. And so, so, so he said, he, uh, the, the text is uh, that they were naked and unashamed. Fast forward, fast forward. Here they are. They bit the fruit. First thing, they realized that they were naked and they were ashamed. I want you to see the distortion that's taking place in this text. So they ate it, right? And then they realize that they're naked. They're like, ah, I don't know what those are. This is, right? Like, so they hide. You'll get that later. They hide, okay? And, and they're hiding, and, and, and they hear all of a sudden in the garden, they, they begin to hear footsteps. And it's God. And God is like, Adam, where are you? Adam. Where are you? And Adam, you read this in the text, chapter 3. Adam's like, I'm over here, God. I'm over here. And God's like, Adam, why were you hiding? And this is what Adam says. He says, God, I realized that I was naked. And because I was naked, I became afraid. He ate the fruit, the fruit that was going to give him knowledge. In fact, the Bible said, the text says that his, their eyes were open. So, so whatever the serpent promised, it came to pass. But that wasn't the end result. They bit the fruit. They gained the wisdom. And when wisdom, knowledge without clarity, it breeds fear. And so they bit the fruit. They got their wisdom. But they also became 
fearful. The distortion that is going on in this passage. Adam and Eve, I'm making you to be naked and unashamed, distorted. Now I'm naked and afraid. Solomon, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Distortion, knowledge has led me to fear. And here is this this, this process taking place of, of Adam and, and, and Eve. They, they, they stepped in, they got the wisdom that they wanted, but, but now they begin to see their situation in the wrong light. They begin to see their situation in the, the, the wrong way. The, the, they no longer are seeing the situation through the clarity that comes with fearing God. They're now stepping into this, 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 this situation of the perspective of their situation where it's now driven by fear. Listen, there, there's something about learning to fear God. There's something about being able to place him above all else. There's something about honoring God and having a deep respect for God, and having obedience towards God, that does something. It, it shifts the way that we see our situations. See, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Why? Because now I'm not seeing everything through the lens of knowledge leading to fear. But I'm now seeing everything through the lens of, of clarity and a, a lens that, that, that is now lifted up to a higher perspective of my situation. I see the knowledge that I'm gaining is now viewed through a different light. Well, John, how is this pertainable to myself? And we can have the keys come up because I'm about to close. John, how is this? Like, what does this mean for me? See, when I daily walk in the fear of the Lord, so when I daily get to that place of honor and respect and obedience, all of a sudden, I, I'm lifting God high. I'm exalting him high up. God, you are my number one. You are my, you are my priority. You, you, you're what I hold dear. And all of a sudden, when I exalt God to his place in my life, what I'm doing is I'm, is, is I'm exalting him above all of my situations. I'm exalting him above all of the things that I'm going through. I'm, I'm acknowledging, like, God, I fear you. I'm lifting you up. God, you're higher than my anxiety. God, I'm exalting you higher than my sickness. God, I'm, I'm exalting you higher than my marital status. God, I'm exalting you higher than the issue with my kids. God, I'm, I'm exalting you higher than my work situation. All of a sudden, this I become so wise because now I understand the proper place of where I put God. That he's higher than my situation. He's higher than what I'm going through. 
And now the clarity of all the knowledge, of all the things that all of my situations, it has the opportunity to change and to shift. Because we're called to fear God, not to allow knowledge to create fear in our lives. Come on, I'm telling you today, whatever you become fearful of, whatever is bringing anxiety in your heart, from the words of the wisest man to ever walk the earth, King Solomon, he says, learn to fear God. Learn to, to establish God the highest place of your life. so that he can change the way that you see your situations. Thank you for listening to Discovery Church Podcast. Remember, we will have a new message for you every Monday at 5 p.m. Make sure to like and subscribe, and you will be notified when a new episode is ready for listening.